You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, it is good to see you this morning. Um, this is, for, for me, a first Sunday morning. I've, I've, had, I've had mornings where the word um, was difficult, uh, but I've never had myself split between a desire to, to really wish that this word would have passed from me. But nevertheless, not my will, your will be done, because this is a, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful word, but it, it, is a, it is difficult. And I'm speaking from personal experience because the Lord has required something of me and he has required me to deal with things that I just, I don't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I was fine just in ignorance. And uh, the Lord just won't allow that. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to get into that this morning. And, and just know that I, I love you. Um, and I know you love me. And uh, this, isn't a, this isn't a word where any, there's any fingers being pointed. This, that's not what this is. That's not why I say that. Just know that... Um, on a regular basis, I intercede for you. And my heart hurts when your heart hurts. And my heart rejoices when your heart rejoices. It's one of the beautiful but very difficult things about being your pastor. Um, and I'm already flowing, so I got to get into this. I got to read some notes. Um, there will be tears shed this morning. Maybe just me, and that's okay. Um, but just in, in talking about what we talked about last week. Do we want the God that has come to meet with us today or do we want the God that we would have him be in and of ourselves? The God that we would create. The preference of who he should be and how I would have him come right now or do we want the God that simply presents himself to us this morning? That's the difficulty. Because in in moments like this, you either get the God that has shown up or you ignore him and you, you choose the God of your own design. And it, in, in, our, in our comfort, the soul's desire, the flesh desires self-preservation. So what's the natural step in that? Let's not deal with the hard things. Let's avoid those and let's move on to the green, nice pastures and frolic through the daisies. And just forget that we carry heavy things. So many churches exist only to worship a God of their own making. But that will not be this church, amen? amen. We will choose. We will choose to love Him for who he is, not simply for what he's done, but for who he is, because love is a choice. We know this. We know this about our marriages. We know this about our relationships. If I want to love someone, it is because I, have to, I choose to love that person. It cannot be based on actions. It cannot be based on what they do for me or what they don't do for me, because we know in every relationship that we've ever had like that, and we've had relationships like that, they always fail. They always end up in the same place. Love is a choice. And he chose us. Will we choose him? We must choose him. It is, it is our choice and no one else's to choose him. And I, I said this last week. When the night comes, it is hardest to choose him. And not our preferences of him, right? We run back to comfort. We run back to the things that are comfort, the things that we know, the things that are more f- familiar. And in, in difficult times, we recede back to the things of ourselves. And we hold on to those things and we try to use those things and work through those things and it never fails because it just allows 
the hard things to linger longer. And I said this last week, this was a quote from another sermon. It wasn't from me. We cannot forget in the dark what we have learned in the light. We cannot forget what we learned in the beautiful times, the easy times, the days when things were just clicking and moving and it wasn't difficult. We weren't facing the things that our community faces today. When things were just moving, everything, there was not anything in question. We were content and happy with the gray areas in our world before the pandemic. Just think about life before the pandemic and how easy it was. Things were not challenged. And the things that were not good just stayed over there. They weren't good and I just ignored them. I can't see them. Blinders. It was just, we were, we were happy, right? And a lot of things were not challenged and a lot of things were just really, really great. But things began to shake. And they got difficult, and they've been difficult, and they've stayed difficult, and they've remained difficult, and they've gotten even more difficult for a lot of us. So we cannot forget in the dark what we've learned in the light. So today, I'm just going to say it. Are, is that clip ready to go? Okay, I just want to make sure before we get on. I don't need it yet. Um, but today, we, today will be a beautiful day. I'm telling you right now, if you love... You, you know this God, and you love this God. He is for you. He is not against you. And so today is a beautiful day, and it will be a beautiful day. He has beautiful, beautiful things for us today. But again, it won't be the easiest of days, and there will be tears, um, probably from me. But I'm soft, and you guys know that. It doesn't take much to get me going. I had two beautiful, just perfect boys. They were gorgeous, and they softened my heart. They tenderized my heart so beautifully, and I could just cry at, at anything, and then the Lord gave me a girl, and now I'm just a mess all the time. <laughs> the sun rises, and I'm like, this is beautiful over there. I see it every day, but now I can't, I can't go outside, I'm, and I'm being serious. I, have to, I feed our horses every morning before we go to school, and I walk out there, and I weep as I look at the sunrise, and it's that little girl that's just ruined me. She doesn't even know it yet, but she's ruined me, and don't you tell her because I need all the help I can get. i got to try to work on my poker face while she's young. It will be a beautiful day, because this is of the Lord. It is the day that He has made, and I just... Uh, and going through worship, you know, it was, it's funny. We've had we have several of these moments as a worship team, and Jay and I have been playing together for almost eight years now, um, every Sunday, majority of every Sunday. And so it's funny because we still have these moments where we're putting together a set and it's just like, this is not working. Nothing's clicking. And it's not even a point of nervousness anymore. I'll get off the drums. We finish our practice and I'll get off and Jay will just be like, set will be different when you come back. It's like, sweet. Like we didn't practice that set, but that was just of the Lord because the Lord had a, the Lord knew what needed to happen. He changed some things and he was, he was speaking to our hearts. He knew who would be here and it's just a beautiful thing. The Lord is doing everything to work it for good on our behalf. And so I'd ask you and I, I would ask you to, I, I want you to answer this, but don't answer because you know the answer. Because you, you in knowledge know the answer. Answer because in your heart it is the answer. Okay? Does that make sense? Don't, this isn't teacher's pet moment. This is honesty. Do you trust? Do you trust that the Lord loves you? Okay. And do you trust, again, 
If you don't, just say it quietly so you don't hurt my feelings. But do you trust that I love you? Okay, good. Because I do love you. And this word is from love and no other place. I, uh, I normally know something difficult is coming, um, or a, a bigger word is coming when I don't have anything. By, kind of by Friday, if the Lord hasn't given me anything, I know He's released it, but he's, he's, He desires me to seek it. Uh, he's not just going to bring it to me. He does this a lot. He just brings it to me, and it's easy, and I'm just going about my day, and He brings me this word, and it's like, oh, this is beautiful. This is easy. I'll write it down later. I know this word. It's written on my heart, and there are some days where He's like, I need you to go find this one. I've spoken it, but I've, I need you to go. There are things I need you to hear that are personal for you, and then there's a word for this church that you'll find within this. And so what I do is I turn to, I turn to pastors that have been mentors to me, those that have known it and those that haven't. I, I listen to a bunch of their sermons, I, and I just kind of scroll through. I know some of you have done this with the word. You'll just flip it open, start reading, and the Lord will speak to your heart. I just do that. I was, I was listening to sermons from Randy. I was listening to sermons from Bill Johnson, and I came across this sermon as I was mowing the yard um, before the football game Friday night. I came across this word um, from Chris Valentin, um, and he had, he had a lot to say that was very specific to their church, um, but as the Lord does, there was, there was a phrase in that. There, was a, there were four minutes in that where he spoke the word that was for us. And I questioned that all day, or the rest of the day Friday, and I questioned it all day yesterday. I questioned it on my way to church this morning. Like, Lord, I just don't know if that's it. And then the second I got here, and the second we started going through it, and I was still like, oh man, I'm really nervous. I'm just not sure if this is it. I'm not sure if this is the word that you have for the church. And then I'm in Sunday school talking, and Shorty says something, and I'm like, okay, thank you. Like it's confirmed, this is exactly what you have for this morning. And then we go through worship and it's just, the Lord is just screaming, this is what I have for you this morning. Um, so I discovered it in this word and I want to play for you this, this word where the Lord spoke to me. It's, it's just a clip, it's on Spotify, you guys can find this anywhere. Um, but this is just a quick clip, it's just a couple minutes long if you'll just listen to this. Um, this, is, this is where the Lord brought revelation and then I'll explain further. After it plays. So as promised, let me explain that further. It's a, it's a really beautiful word. Um, that story, that story is, they, they elaborate more on that story. And you can find out more about that story. It's, a, it's just a beautiful thing to see. Um, but let me explain by just examining these last few years. Uh, we, we know that they, they have not been easy. These last few years have not been easy for, for any of us. Uh, there's been a lot of difficulty and hard days in this church over the last few years. Um, I was just thinking about this, and, and it just it broke my heart. Um, but our, our pastor, my pastor, my mentor, one of my best friends, um, who faithfully served this church for 12 years, preached his last Sunday to an empty room. And just like that, he was done. I mean, just like that, he, he, w- he was done because we were, we were in lockdown. We couldn't, we couldn't come together. We could not gather together. And, and the, uh, of everything that had gone on and everything that had happened through this church over the years for Randy's time, as far as the transition time to happen during that season, it was heartbreaking to watch. I was the only one here. 
I sat back there. We had to keep our distance from one another. And I sat back there and I was the only one to witness his last word in here live and in person. And then I'm up. I mean, one week, it was his last Sunday. And then the next week was my first Sunday. And I had hopes and I had dreams and I had I, you know, as you do, as you daydream and think about the things that are coming, the exciting things that are ahead of you, and I was thinking about getting to preach before you and getting to see your faces as I got to take this mantle as your pastor. And I preached to an empty room. I preached to that little camera back there. I set it up myself, and I came up here and I preached to an empty room. And that, the Lord did beautiful things, but that was That was difficult. We had a pandemic. We lost people. We lost friends. We lost family. They were, they were just gone. Some of us got to see them and some of us didn't. Some of, they were just locked away in a hospital and we weren't allowed to go be with them, to sit next to them, and they were just gone. They were there one day and they were gone the next. We have people in our community that lost brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, and they could not even be with them. They were just gone. In this scramble, and I'm not... We're not angry at the hospitals, right? It's just, it's hard. That's, it's hard. That's broken. There's brokenness in that as people were just scrambling, trying to protect everyone else, and we lost people in it. And then we come back. We get to gather again a very, very different group. We, I, I remember this. I was so excited to all be here together. I know so many of you were all excited. You were so excited to gather again and be in this room together again and worship and sing and be taught and learn and, and grow with the Lord together again. But we came back and a lot, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people never returned. Friends that we've grown up with in church that we've known for a lifetime just said, it's, it's not for me anymore. And we love them. We're not angry at them. This is, again, this is not what I'm saying. This is not a shaming. This is not a pointing the finger. It's, it's looking at yourself at what the reality of that is. I had friends that I loved and I was excited to be their pastor and I got up here and they were not here. And I know a lot of them were called into different places. And a lot of that's my fault because I was obedient to the words the Lord gave me about investing in our community and they weren't from sundown. So they were investing in their communities and I'm grateful for their obedience, but it was hard to watch them leave. It was hard to see them not in this room. People again continue to leave, not upset with them for leaving, but not having them with us was hard. And then we hear these profound things for this city. We, the Lord speaks amazing and wonderful things over sundown and then we look up we we're we're in the moment with the lord and then we look up and it looks like our city is moving in the opposite direction of the things that the lord is speaking right we hear these things and we get excited about what the lord is speaking over our community and what do we start to do we start to dream about it we start to dream about what it's going to look like and then we look up and we look out and we're like it doesn't look like that and that's hard. And there is, there is no reason why that should not be hard. That is okay that it is hard. That is okay that it is difficult. We have this belief in our society, especially for men, especially for men, that you better just stuff it down and forget it's there. Put the lid on it, move on, man up, get over it. And that is such, such crap. Pardon my language. That's just, that's a horrible way for men to grow up that they cannot deal with the things that are difficult. 
And not that it needs to be something we, these things are not things that we necessarily need to spend weeks and months grieving and mourning. But these are things in moments where we need to address that, Lord, that hurt my heart. My heart broke in that moment. And I've got to give you this brokenness. I've got to give you my ashes. I I found out, you know, and this this is a lot about, I'm giving you a lot of examples that are personal to me because I don't know anybody's stories better than my own. And I'm hoping that this, this connects things in your heart of things that you're carrying. But, you know, I've talked about this, but I found out, I wasn't prepared, but I found out how lonely it is up here. And that was hard. That, was, that, that hurt my heart. And it's not because anybody did anything wrong at all. It's just the nature of, a, of this position. And... Um, and it's not at all what I expected, and that's really the thing, right? I had preferences of how I would like this to go, and it didn't go that way. And those, those preferences were not from the Lord. The Lord did not give me those preferences and, that I established over my time as pastor. He did not give me those. He did not establish those in me. I did that. It still broke my heart, and the Lord is still gracious in that heartbreak. He's still kind in that heartbreak, that I had preferences over how this would go, and he's like, yeah, that's not how it's going to go. And my heart hurts and the Lord is gracious and the Lord is kind in that heartbreak. We know that. A lot of us have had those preferences and those dreams that originated in us and they didn't turn out that way and the Lord is gracious to love us and, and nurture us and mold us in those places. You know, we lost, we lost our youth pastor. The Lord called them somewhere else and we're grateful for them, but we're a church without a youth pastor. And then, and then we, go through, we go through stuff like the Dalhart incident and it's like, there's, we don't have anyone to send in to these kids that are broken. And it, that's hard to watch. That's hard to see. And we get to be that, right? We don't need to depend on one person as a church to do that for us. We do that, right? And that's what we've gotten to do. And that's what the Lord has shown us. And it's good, but it's still, it's hard that we've lost that person. And then this, this is, there's just a, this, this is a tough one. In a matter of weeks... I lost, uh, shoot, I was doing so good. In a matter of weeks, I lost both my grandfathers. Um, and then this city lost, uh, lost one, of its, one of its boys, one of its sons, a son of Sundown. A child of Sundown Church that we witnessed grow up in this place and become a young man and we, we lost him. And we saw, we saw families world break and then on top of that we now have a daughter that we witnessed grow up in this church whose mother and herself are both diagnosed with cancer at the same time it's just like that's that's a lot and it's not it's not it's not my kid it's not my personal story but these are people that are here this is our church i love in that in that Clip that we listened to, did you notice that he said the Lord gave him another church and then the Lord gave him a building? This building is not the church. We are the church. And we, people. So when our heart breaks, when one of us goes through difficult things, we, have, we hurt in that. And it's natural. It's okay to hurt in that. But we have hurt in that. We've seen a lot as a church in the last two years. And the Lord just spoke to me so clearly. I, 
I was wearing sunglasses, thank God, and people were concerned about getting to the game, but I'm mowing the yard, I'm just weeping. Because I've recognized that we as a church have carried so much, and they may be small things, but a thousand small things make a very big thing. And there are a lot of heartbreak and a lot of hard things. And if we don't give him our ashes, we will make decisions for tomorrow from a place of ashes. Later in this sermon, Chris says that a lack of confidence in leadership will always produce a lack of commitment in its people. A lack of confidence in leadership will always produce a lack of commitment in the people that this person is leading. And we cannot lead a community from a place of brokenness. We talked about this in Sunday school. We, we have people that have issues with government. We have people that have issues with school systems and the way things are being done in the, in the society and the entities of our society, our governments, our infrastructure, all that thing. We have issues with that. But what we need to take a step back and recognize is that what we're seeing is broken people leading broken people. We cannot expect a solution out of that place. We cannot expect a solution to come from a place of ashes. That's not where it grows. That's not where life comes. And we cannot hold on to these things. And so what are, what are your ashes? The moving past these things without mourning them as we should is not healthy and it's not in the design of God. Again, even if it's just for a moment or even if it's for a lifetime. We have to address these things in ourselves as a church. The Lord desires for us to mourn when it is time for mourn and to weep when it is time to weep. Matthew 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. It says, blessed are those who mourn. There is blessing in us recognizing and stepping into the process of mourning and grief. It is a good thing, but we live in a society that says you need to ignore it and move past it. Don't acknowledge it. That's the best way to deal with it. Act like it's never happened. What an injustice to the things that have happened in our stories. Right? So much... There's, there's so much heartache and brokenness in the world and for us to just ignore it and act like it's not happening is not establishing the kingdom of heaven. Putting blinders on and ignoring the pain and the brokenness of the world is not how we establish God in it. That is not the God that the world needs to see, that they would see in us a God who does not see them. But that they would see a God that sees straight to the heart of what they're dealing with and their brokenness. I don't understand it and I don't have to understand it because he knows it. And he fills me. It's like we've got this, under, we, we're just like moving past it. I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm not speaking about anybody but myself. You have to understand, I'm talking about Parker here. But the, the stuff in Ukraine, I'm just like, ah, yeah, man, that's terrible. Uh, next subject, let's talk about something else. There are, there are people being persecuted because of the land that they occupy. Like, can we... Can we just sit on that for a second? That in 2022, we would still attack and destroy and murder people because I want what you sit on. And we do that here. I don't care who you are. 
I just want what's in your pocket. And if it kills you, it kills you. As long as I'm wealthier at the end of it. And that's what we've praised our society, built our societies upon in this world. We've pursued, is, is with pursuit at the detriment of our fellow man. And we as Christians cannot put blinders on to be oblivious to these things. We have to acknowledge the hardship and the difficulty in these things. And we have to pray and establish the kingdom of heaven in these places. Because again, I'll ask you, I ask this question all the time. If not us, then who? Because I trust no one else than this house right here. I trust no one else with the word that the Lord has spoken and with establishing his kingdom, not just in sundown, but here on earth. I trust no one else. I trust this house and the people that fill it. If there's two of you, then I trust two of you. If there's a thousand of you, I trust the thousand. I trust who gather here to establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. If not us, then who? Blessed, it says, are those that mourn. It is an opportunity for us to know him deeper. And if I haven't mourned, I will not experience the blessing that is in the valley. We can't just hope for the blessing on the high tops, on the mountaintops, because we cannot always live on the mountaintops. We will find ourselves in a valley, but there is blessing there. He is my shepherd. He walks with me through the valley of the shadow of death. He is there waiting for me. And there is a peace of God that I will never experience if I don't venture into the valley. And I recognize this. I haven't even mourned my grandfathers. These mountainous men. It doesn't help that my mom and dad are here. Uh, but these were men that were invincible to me. They could not be touched. Death could not have them. And to just have them there one day, and we grow com- right, we get comfort in the fact that they're there. And we take it for granted because we just live our life knowing that they're there. And then we wake up one day and they're gone. And what do we do? What have I done? I've refused to deal with it. I said, Man, that's tough. That's... That stinks. And I move on with my life. So I carry now. And I lead a family. I lead my children. I lead my wife. I lead this house. And I lead it from a place of brokenness. And what can we hope to establish if we are leading one another from brokenness? We will only establish further brokenness. We have to allow the Lord, and it's difficult. We don't want to give up these ashes, but we must give Him these ashes because there's beautiful things in store when we give them to us. Jesus died that we would not have to bear ashes, and that doesn't mean that our heart doesn't break. That doesn't mean that we don't mourn, that we don't grieve, that we don't hurt for an eternity at the loss of those that we love or the the changing of tides and the changing of seasons and desire that we could go back to the way things used to be. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that I trust the Lord to take and mend what I cannot mend. And to take what is beyond repair and build it anew. The Lord showed me this vision um, when we were going through uh, just this last, last few months and just praying for, for our, the families in our church that were hurting. And the Lord just showed me, I, I just, you know, we read 
that he'll, he'll mend the broken heart. And I'm like, how do you mend these broken hearts? How do you put it back together again? He says, I don't. I don't. I make, I make something brand new. What was there that is broken now cannot be restored in the way that it used to be because it's forever changed. We're forever marked. But what he does is he showed me this heart and it was like a piece of pottery that fell on the floor and he began to pick up pieces of it, but he also began to reach into this bag and it was pieces of himself and he began to put these new pieces and build this new heart, this new, this new structure. There were pieces of the original in it, but there were also brand new pieces of God on it. And it was, he's like, this is the only way. I have to make something new. I have to make something new. And the Lord desires to do that in this house. Ecclesiastes 3, it tells us that there is a season for everything. There's a time for everything under the sun. We know this. There is a time to weep. And after that, there's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. And after that, there is a time to dance. Isaiah 61 tells us, and I just want to speak this over you, that this would be for us and this, this would be prophetic over us, that the Spirit of the Lord would be upon us because the Lord has anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins and they shall rise up, raise up the former devastations. But we cannot be that. We cannot be those that would open prison doors, that would remove the ashes from those around us and give them a beautiful headdress and anoint them with oil of gladness and cheerfulness and joy. We cannot be those if we refuse to address the mourning that we must do ourselves and allow the Lord to do that to us. What, it's this beautiful example of, of when we... Uh, oh, bread... Uh, and one communion my goodness we're in trouble Uh, but when we take communion and we've all grown up in church but what happens when you take communion those that are about to stand there and give the congregation communion must take it first it was this beautiful one of the beautiful things about the church that I grew up at is the pastor always led communion for those that would lead communion for everyone else first And he blessed them as they participated in this. It was beautiful. And then they would take their bread, they would take their cup, and they would go and they would be ready for the congregation to come to them and then they would bless this congregation. But first they had to receive for themselves before they could give it to anyone else. We must receive for ourselves before we can give to anyone else. We must must receive for ourselves this beautiful headdress, the oil of gladness, the garment of praise, We must allow the Lord to, and that doesn't mean that it just happens in a moment. 
because I desire it to happen. It's a process that I have to allow the Lord to lead me into. It's the only way. Because it is taking time. It will take individual time. There's no set time limit for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter how long it takes as long as we are willing to participate in the process with the Lord. That He could do what only He can do. He will anoint you with the oil of gladness. He will place a headdress over you instead of ashes. You only have to be willing to give Him the ashes. He's not just going to wipe all of them from you. He's going to lead you through this process of surrendering these things to you. This, this was a process for me since Friday of, of going through and the Lord showing me all the things that I've been carrying that have, have broken my heart. He's like, you carry this, 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 and you won't give it to me. And now you're trying to lead these people. And I would do a great injustice if I don't give this to him because what I'll lead you into is further brokenness. And I will not have that as I stand before the Father. I will not be held account of leading this congregation into further brokenness. That's just not, not willing to do that. But the Lord was showing me, ama- just, it was amazing to me how much I was carrying. Things that I had not let go of. Brokenness that I have carried for so, so long. And a lot of those things I dismissed because, oh, it's silly. That's silly. You're fine. That's silly. You don't need to be affected by that. That's silly. Who can tell you what should affect you and what shouldn't? There's no one. There's no one. You guys see the same sunrise I see every morning. And I weep. And maybe you don't. That's okay. We're in process. We're in different places. No one can tell you what what should affect you and what shouldn't. So don't allow society to tell you how you should be over something or how you need to handle something. Allow the Lord to lead you in it. Because He's the only one that has made you, created you, and knows you. And knows exactly what you need. And He desires beautiful and wonderful things for each and every one of us in this house. He desires to do what only He can do. And in a lot of ways, I can't understand how do you take such brokenness and turn it into beautiful things. I can't fathom it, but I don't have to. He can. And I just have to choose to trust him that he loves me and he is for me. He is not against me. And he will build something beautiful out of something I can't imagine ever being beautiful. He will do what only he can do. We will be this church. I I speak it over us and I will pray it and I will intercede on your behalf for the remainder of my days that we will be this, that we will lead this city and that we could be those that would place a headdress upon them, anoint them with oil, that we could resurrect the former and lost things. We could set captives free. We will be that. But first, in our mourning, we must allow him to place a beautiful headdress upon our heads. We must let ourselves mourn. We must let ourselves weep. Hear that. We must let ourselves. We need to allow ourselves that time. Because as we walk through this together, the promise of what comes next is laughter and dancing. He promises it it comes after. But we have to engage in the process if we ever hope to arrive in this place of laughter and dancing. We've got to engage in what He has for us before that. And we must recognize 
We are not those without hope. There is hope. There is hope. You know, one of the things the Lord showed me, I shared this with you on my first Sunday back after uh, burying my grandfather and uh, just this, this, this story of when, I, when we lost my grandmother, um, I had only been out here for a month uh, and we lost her and uh, it was so beautiful because the Lord is just good. But then we found out a few weeks later after we buried my grandmother that we were pregnant with Liam. It was so beautiful. This is, has nothing to do with it, but it's just, it helps in the healing, the Lord showing the blessing. I remember when my grandfather, who's in heaven, met my son. He saw his wife's eyes in him. It's like, man, what a good God. Like, how, how crazy is he that he would just do this and bless us in such a way. But my first Sunday back after burying my grandfather, um, you know, and back then when we buried my grandmother, I came to church that next Sunday and I remember the Lord just showing me her with us in church, just watching over us. She was watching me play the drums. It was so beautiful. It was just a gift from the Lord. And then I came to preach and as I was playing the drums and getting ready to come up here, the Lord showed me as they were on this viewing deck type thing. I don't know. Uh, she was just ushering him like, Bill, hurry up. Because he, he was on his own time and he came up there and they joined hands and they watched their grandson preach to you. And that, the Lord didn't have to do that, but the Lord wanted to bless my heart. This is the God that we serve, that in brokenness, in brokenness, he would give us eyes to see impossible things, but beautiful things. Because he desires healing for us. He desires a headdress. He desires for this church to lead a community that is not broken like the world around it, but that is restored and full of life and being led by the kingdom, not being led by further broken people. But we must be those that lead from a place of fullness and not brokenness. And to get there, we don't have to be there now. To get there, we must just be willing to engage in the process that the Lord has before us of giving Him our ashes, however long it takes. Giving Him our ashes. That He could turn what we thought to be impossible into something beautiful to do what only He can do. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.